We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. Have you ever asked the question, what is my purpose? Why am I here? If you're listening to this right now, you have another 24 hours to live. And that is not an accident. And you might be hearing to the sound of my voice and think, I don't know what my purpose is. Everybody is pressuring me or there feels like so much pressure to find out what I'm passionate about or have more meaning and purpose to my day to day and live more with intention. And these are all buzzwords in the personal and spiritual development world. But what do they mean? Why am I here? Why do I exist? And when we ask that question, it opens something in our hearts and in our minds to receive the answer. And I believe that our life is always speaking to us and always trying to direct us in the direction of our life's purpose and why we were born, why we decided to incarnate at this time and space in 2021 to be finding ourselves asking this question, why am I here? And if you've ever asked this question and you feel like you're still struggling to find that meaning or direction in your own life, you've come to the right place. Because I really believe that everybody has a calling and our real job in life is to figure out why, why we're here and in Oprah's words, get about the business of doing it. And that can feel like a a challenge. It can feel like we're just wandering in circles and we don't know where we're going or why. And I think it begins with kind of uttering this internal prayer. Who am I? Why am I here? Why do I exist? What am I here to do? What am I here to give? What am I here to grow? What am I here to experience? What am I here to learn? These are big questions that if we don't take the time to ask them, we will miss the point of our lives and all the gifts and talents and love 
and healing that we can bring to the world in our own unique way. And um, I have contemplated these questions for years myself, and it wasn't until I was able to sit with them and intentionally create space to ask myself this question and listen to my own heart's response that I started to receive the guidance. I started to hear myself. I started to hear and decipher my own internal knowing, my own intuition that I've always had, but had been cut off from. I had kind of quieted or muted that voice for so long. And part of reconnecting to our purpose, discovering that is creating the space to do something different, to be someone different, to change our minds, to reroute, to pivot, if that's what life calls us to do. And I just want to invite you guys, if, if these are questions that you're asking and you're looking, you feel like you're in a season of seeking, what's the next thing for me? What am I to do? I need clarity. I need direction. Um, that's exactly what we're going to be diving into in the month of September. I have a three-part live workshop that I'm going to be leading for those that feel called to, to join me in an Upgrade Your Reality boot camp. Again, it's three live workshops where we're going to be working through my process of helping you identify where you currently are, what are your current GPS coordinates of your life's purpose, understanding what your unique gift is and how the experiences you've you've had in your life has prepared you to be able to give a certain thing in the world and uncover what your true life's purpose really is and how to begin to walk in that. That's what we're going to be focused on in the three sessions that are happening in September. And those are going to happen the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. And if you are interested in joining me for those, you're going to get access to three live virtual workshops led by me, three workbook downloads, and of course, the workshop recordings if you can't join live. So so no fear if you can't join us at the time that we're going to do it, you will not miss anything. And this is available to you guys for $149, only $149 to join for all three sessions. And um, I really encourage you guys, if you are asking these questions and feeling like, hey, I just need, I need some help and understanding what's the purpose for all of this. Maybe you're lacking just meaning. Like when you get up in the morning, you just don't feel like you have much to give. Like why? Why does any of this matter? Is life just about living and and working and paying bills and having kids to teach them to do the same and then dying? And I truly believe there's so much more beyond that that we can discover if we create the space to do it. And um, if we allow ourselves to have the courage to listen and to follow where that leads. And that's what we're going to do in these sessions. So, so please join me for the Upgrade Your Reality Bootcamp for um, the month of September. The link, uh, as always, will be in the show notes. If you would like to go there, you can always go to my website, torygordon.com or any of my uh, social media links in my bio. You'll be able to find it there. Uh, and for those that that don't decide to join this time, that it's, that's okay. And, um, you know, something that I... I uh, found out over the past few months was that when someone Googles, what is my purpose? It actually, um, pulls up about 1 billion hits on the internet. And to me, that just speaks so clearly to how we view ourselves as human beings and, and what our 
uh, true existence means and, and if it has relevance or meaning and how do we start to discover that? And these are the, the questions that I think are most important that we ask, especially now in the times that we are living in. How can each one of us use our unique gifts to contribute to a, um, a better world, a better place to, to raise our children, to um, have families, to enjoy our lives, and ultimately to save uh, our planet, our country, and um, our species. It needs all of us. You know, the world, our planet needs all of us to get involved, all of us to contribute and to care and to be willing to... Um, to die for something, to be willing to live for something. Those are the same things. What am I willing to live for? What am I willing to die for? What matters that much to me? And um, we're going to figure figure out what that is for each of you. So I hope you'll join me in the month of September. Again, you can find that at ToriGordon.com or in the show notes. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Jen Trepic. She is an incredible coach. She's named a force of nature in the wellness space. And um, with that said, she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to optimal health um, and business. She's also a podcaster and the founder of Better Life Now. And she built her business over a period of 12 years while she was also working in hedge funds. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you, Jen, and get to know kind of what that process was like of building a business over the course of over a decade and then making that switch to go full time because there's so many people that listen to the show and whether they have a side hustle or they're considering becoming a coach um, or they're just kind of overwhelmed with juggling it all. How did you manage to do that and get to where you are today? Yeah. So first of all, thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. And it, it's funny, like the first word that comes to mind is bumpy, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> like this is anything but a straight line. Yeah. And I mean, when I started my business, I was really just looking for something with the intention of like, I just knew I couldn't work for somebody else for the rest of my life. I didn't know what it was going to be. So I was looking for things to do outside of my full-time job. And in the beginning, everything I found either was completely not feasible. So for example, I went to the University of Michigan. I was a writing tutor there. So I was like, oh, I'm in New York now. I'll go tutor kids at NYU. And then I was like, but I have to be at work at 8 a.m. Like, Mm. I can't be up all night because some kid forgot they had a paper due, (laughs) you know? So some things logistically weren't going to work. And then other things just sounded totally miserable. And I was like, this is not how I want to spend my time. Sure. Because especially when it's a side hustle and it's on top of a full-time job, it is your personal time, in air quotes, right, that's going to this thing. And at the same time that I was looking for all these things, I was in the midst of my own, call it a saga (laughs) of weight management. You know, I grew up the skinny one in a family of dieters, as I often joke, like I was a dancer growing up. And then so when I started to gain weight, I was like, okay, I know what to do. 
Like I watched my family do this my whole life. So I tried every diet under the sun, gained and lost. And fast forward in this process of looking for something to do outside of my full-time job, I also learned about the, the curriculum that I now teach with my clients. And at first I was like, no, 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 that's okay. I'm not interested, <laughs> you know? And then I saw people who were following this program. They first were keeping the weight off. And then there was this woman who lost a person. Like she's telling her story of losing like 150 pounds. Mm. Wow. And everything she said after that, like I didn't even hear. I was in my own world staring at her because I couldn't see where 10 pounds could have been on this woman. And so I was like, Jennifer, right? Like this wasn't even a Jen moment. This was like full name conversation with yeah. ourselves of like, they clearly know something you don't know. Like get out of your own way and see what that is. Mm. So I worked with a coach. I followed the program. It completely changed my life. Mm -hmm. Like the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. And so I really, I experienced it as like the nutrition education we're all supposed to know and no one ever taught us. Yep. So then I was like, well, why is it that this isn't what we learned? And so I started digging. I became an insatiable student and I was I like, an it was my watch. Sorry. Okay. Um, I started digging and I... I was like, why isn't this what we learned? And I read every book I could get my hands on. I was like, this is my thing. This is what I'm going to do on the side because I was so passionate about making sure that everybody had this information. So one of the biggest things that kept me going over 12 years, it's like, remember that movie, 12 Years a Slave? Yeah. I'm like, 12 years of side hustle. Right? That's awesome. <laughs> and so... One of the things that kept me going was that this was real for me. Mm -hmm. You know, this was paying it forward. This was mission and passion, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah. then the other side of it was that I knew I couldn't work for somebody else for the rest of my life. So every time I thought about quitting, I would talk myself through it and be like, okay, cool. Quit now. Then what? Right? Then you're stuck in this job for the rest of your life, living that life that you really don't want. So I'm never going to be happy with that, which means I'm going to then be looking for the next thing on the side. Mm -hmm. Why would I start over? Mm -hmm. And I went looking for things before and this is where I was. So like I literally go through that thought process over and over, over the course of 12 years. Yeah. You know, and there were certain times where depending on what was going on with my job or, or relationship or friends or life, you know, where there was more momentum and less or I was focusing on it more or less. But it was really like what kept me going yeah. was not being willing to accept the alternative and knowing that it was I, this was a mission and a passion. I love that because what you said about having your own experience with the work is my in my experience about what's really driven me to do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it. And, and I love that you referenced that you yep. went and worked with a coach yourself. And it was like, you had your own transformation and that was so powerful. They were like, I have to, I want to contribute by 
teaching people this information because it's been so impactful in my life. And so many people (laughs) ask me, how do you become a coach? And the number one thing I always tell people is get a coach. If you want to be a coach, work with a coach, have your own experience because you don't know what you don't know. How do you know you want to be a coach if you've never, ever worked with one? So I want to know from you, like, what was it that was so uh, impactful about the curriculum that you went through or what, what was so different about the coaching program you uh, went through and that you now teach that was different than anything yeah. else that so, you experienced before? Again, the objective was weight loss and in, and also weight management, right? Because we all want off this roller coaster. Um, it was, it's so interesting. It builds, right? So, so often we go to any diet out there, right? It's like week one, here's the book. Do all the things all the time, go. And it becomes, it's too much, right? We have to learn something and add on and then learn something and add on if we're really going to incorporate it into our lives and make it something that's for forever rather than the next Mm -hmm on, off, good, bad, fad diet. So that was one. I think another piece is it really focuses on first reteaching us nutrition and in a really approachable way, like how does food impact our body? How does our body process food so that we can better understand and work and rehab sort of the chemical side of all of this? Because I really feel like so many things out there and where I felt like I was before, right? It's all willpower. Oh, what I'm missing must be willpower. You know, I mean, willpower is also chemical, but that's another conversation, Um, right? So we feel like we're white knuckling it through every food encounter. (laughs) Or I always used to describe Mm -hmm. it as like standing at the bottom of Mount Everest, like naked and barefoot and everyone around you is like climb climb what's wrong with you why aren't you climbing and you're like i'm sorry what (laughs) right how can you expect me to do this right now but then when we learn yeah and rehab the metabolism and learn this nutrition education and kind of come at it chemically first It's like standing at the bottom of a ski hill in Vermont with skis, poles, boots, a jacket, and a chairlift. And you're like, okay, I got this. Like, Mm -hmm. it might fall on the way down, but I'll be able to figure out why I fell. And I'm I'm willing to get back on the chairlift to go up again. And so when we start Mm -hmm. with the nutrition stuff and then get into the habits, behaviors, sleep, stress, events, right? All the things that make this not simple – you know, even cravings, mm-hmm. like the chemical stuff takes care of such a vast majority of the cravings that all of a sudden somebody's like, oh, I got this. I understand why that's happening. And that was like the big shift for me was that learning all of this in this way, like shifted every food decision from being emotional to intellectual. Mm. I mean, this is something I really resonate with because I grew up in a home where, I mean, I grew up in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, middle of the South. My mom cooked from scratch, used a ton of butter, 
we she had two daughters. She fed us like we were f- a pack of like linebackers. There was the mentality of finish your food, but leave <laughs> one bite for Mr. Polite. Like this was was the conditioning, you know, I grew up in. And and so I learned, yeah, like you from watching my parents and man, I learned what tasted good and what, you know, and so it did, it become, food became a numbing device for me. It came, became a coping strategy, um, coping mechanism in my twenties. And I've always had this struggle. And I think to your point, it comes back to education. If we, we don't know, I had never been taught a lot of these things. And so if you don't know, you feel like you're in this push and pull or you're, you're just, you know, what you're confused at why things aren't working or you don't know how to make healthy things, uh, right. Taste like tasty. And it's not that you can't make healthy choices that are tasty. It's just, you might not have been exposed to those recipes or tried those foods or learned those things or what the, yeah, the, the chemical makeup is and how your brain is responding to the foods that you eat or the fact that so much of our serotonin and is, is now in our gut and all the things that we're understanding that we didn't before. So I think education is critical because it empowers us to make powerful self-loving choices instead of kind of being that victim all the time to the food. And it's interesting because, you know, we're never going to completely separate food from festivities, you know, whether they're you know, to celebrate Mm -hmm. or to mourn or to be together. Like it is part of our human nature. At the same time, Mm -hmm. there's so much more to it. Like, you know, just the food pyramid that we grew up with, you know, that's not based on nutrition, you know? So Mm -hmm. remember it had um, like grains at the bottom, right? No one on the planet has a grain Mm -hmm. deficiency. We just don't, you know, (laughs) no matter where you live, no one on the planet Mm -hmm. has a grain deficiency. What it was, was it was designed Mm -hmm. to get us to eat what we grow. We grow corn and wheat and now soy, but it was about economics and getting us to eat what we grow in this country. So of course Mm -hmm. we ended up where we are. You know, there isn't even like, I think a lot of times people can feel like guilt or shame around not knowing, like not at all. Let that, like, let that go because it's so not like, this is what we were taught. So like, how would you know anything else? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even in so far as, yes, there's food and mood and emotions and all of those kinds of things. But, you know, similar to the way we can become insulin resistant, right? We know that to be diabetes. We can become resistant to the hormones that tell us when we're hungry and when we're satisfied, those are called ghrelin and leptin, right? So if you feel like you're never hungry and then you eat and you can't stop, right? That's chemical. That's not you. That's not, you know, you don't mm-hmm. suck. It's not your lack of willpower. It is chemical, mm-hmm. you know, or, and then there are foods that mm-hmm. are manufactured to turn off the leptin that tells us when we're satisfied. Or if we're constantly eating food that doesn't have nutrition, 
right? Our body is going to say, cool, I got stuff, but like, I'm still looking for the things I can do something with. So it's going to continue to send that hunger signal. Like there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with you. Of course, this is what happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think it just provides us with this opportunity when we're educated in this way. And I'm so grateful that like you're just shedding some light on this for people because it's helpful for me even. We can be so much more compassionate with ourselves like and and just hold that space of of compassion. That's like, hey, you don't know what you don't know. You haven't been taught it. And it's it is our responsibility now as adults to find that information and to, to get it, especially if we're we know that the results we're getting in our lives isn't what we want, right? If we know I'm overweight, if I know I just don't feel good in my body, I'm lacking energy, I'm lethargic, whatever it is, because yep. we all have a host of of things that cause us to become conscious about our body um, and how we're treating it. But either way, whether it's because you're stressed out or because you're overweight, your body's giving you signals and it's it's trying to speak to you. And I always tell my clients and those listening, like your body is so wise and it has it like an intelligence built in and knows what we need and knows how to heal us. And a lot of us have just right. kind of muted the voice of the body. And we live so much in our head that we don't even hear or, or listen to those signals. Yeah, well, that I mean, I believe firmly, you know, that Diet culture and all the things that we've been taught have taught us out of paying attention to our body, right? We're intellectually trying to follow these rules instead of noticing how our body feels, you know? So like we might feel hungry. We're like, nope, I was told to eat less, so I am not going to eat. (laughs) Like, yeah. What is your take on intuitive intuitive eating? eating is fantastic, right? That is paying attention to our body. Having said that, for most of us, we're not going to flip a switch and all of a sudden be able to Mm -hmm. read those signals. So I believe it's Mm -hmm. a progression and it takes us kind of learning some of this and dealing with some of the more chemical side of things. And that can ease us into then noticing how we feel when we eat certain foods. Yeah. So how does someone begin to discover their baseline in terms of of their chemical makeup or what, you know, chemicals are turned on in the brain or not? or, Or how can people start to get a sense for that so that then they can progress into becoming aware of those signals and developing a relationship with the body where it's including the body totally. and all the decisions so it's making the first piece of all of it across the board is really managing blood sugar. So what we see in all the science and the research is that our metabolic health is directly connected to our blood sugar. And for that matter, our metabolic health is a direct indicator of our overall health and well-being. So can you define that for people? Metabolic, yeah, bel- it's how we process health. food. It's how food impacts our body. It's our ability to burn fuel, our ability to use fuel, whether we're storing fat or burning it. Um, and then that mm-hmm. snowballs into really every system in the body, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of the first things that I tell everybody is like, you don't need, you know, to start measuring your blood sugar, right? The, the fundamentals, as I say, and if you guys are note takers, like write this down, protein and fiber at every meal makes removing fat no big deal. Protein and fiber at every meal makes removing mm-hmm. fat no big deal. So protein is clean, lean protein, whatever you want that to be, right? If you want that to be plant-based or animal-based, whatever, clean, lean protein. Fiber mm-hmm. is vegetables and sometimes fruit. And then the other thing that we need every day is a couple servings of quality fat. And eventually I'm going to figure out how to get the fat into <laughs> that little saying, right? But so when we start mm-hmm. there and we give our body water, And, you know, again, when we're working to rehab and figure out where we are at, we can follow some sort of loose parameters. One being we want to eat within an hour of waking up and stop eating about two hours before bed. Between that time, generally a snack is going to last us one to two hours A meal will probably last us four to five, maybe six, depending on how much we have on all of that, right? So if we start to just use Mm -hmm. those as tools to pay attention to where we're at, oh, that meal I was hungry again after three hours. This meal lasted me six hours. Maybe I don't need as much or that's a great meal if I have a crazy afternoon of meetings right? Maybe. And part of the reason why I do recommend eating within an hour of waking up, especially when we're working to rehab the metabolism, is so that we can then get our body into the phase of you can burn, letting our body know that fuel is coming. And then over time, we Mm -hmm. might say, you know what? I'm really okay if breakfast is at nine instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounds like what you're doing is you're like yes. reestablishing trust with the body. Exactly. The body knows it's and there, get it's what it reestablishing needs. trust with ourselves so much too that, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things we can do is, you know, as we go through this process with our own body, it's those old thoughts come up because we have that history maybe of gaining and losing. And so it's establishing the trust and the credibility that you're going to take care of your body and you're going to make sure that this time isn't the same as every other time. And then there are pieces of this like Mm -hmm. sleep, stress, meditation, all these other tools that we can employ to help us also figure out what we're actually feeling. Because so many of us, and myself included, Mm -hmm. and you know, we get cut off from the actual feeling of feelings. Yes. I mean, my community knows this and they have heard me say it. And my story with this is I was reintroduced to my body through breath. Yep. And somebody told me to take a deep breath one day and I realized, oh my gosh, I couldn't tell you the last time I did that. I've probably gone years from feeling just about anything. I mean, just so caught up in the mental cognitive analytical mind um where it's prone to fear and anxiety and and stress right serves a purpose that that rehabilitation totally and i did not know 
the power that I had, um, that I was not tapping into the intuitive power, the, mm-hmm. the, the power to heal myself, the, the, um, the, just the wisdom and the knowledge that the body holds and is like, that's available to me. If I allow myself to reestablish that connection, it was just like, it's like, um, a plug that's not yep. in plugged into the socket. It was like my, my brain is on top of my body, <laughs> totally. but they're not plugged. And in. that's, I mean, and like when I worked yeah. in hedge funds, that served a purpose for me, right? It allowed me actually to be very successful there because I could be in this toxic environment and not internalize it and not let it stop me from doing what I needed to do to be successful there. But the other side of that is, in the rest of my life, that's not where I want to be. And I will say that was one of the biggest shifts, you know, like going back to what we were talking about before of like side hustle to self-employed, like that was one of the biggest shifts was getting that energy out of me, like out of my system and being able to reconnect with what's happening for me in any given moment. Yeah, it's so true. So say that those that are listening, (laughs) if they're taking notes, hopefully they are, they're, you know, understanding those basic fundamentals around timing, um, like what time of the day they should be eating, give or take, um, what those basics they should be including in, in those meals. So protein, fiber, some fats, um, what do you advise people to do when maybe they've gotten the chemical piece figured out and they're wanting to reestablish kind of that intuitive sense of eating? Are there Mm -hmm. questions we should be asking ourselves? Um, And if so, what is, what does that really look like? So it's a process of journaling also, right? We journaling plays such a big role. And so we do that here too, of noticing, well, when are those moments when I'm craving these other things? And when are the moments where stress is just getting the better of me or whatever it is, right? We start to notice those pieces and journaling helps us identify, you know, especially when it comes to food, everybody's like, oh, I can't write it down. But here's the thing. One, we're tracking it anyway. We're just tracking it in our head instead of on paper. And two... It's really difficult to see patterns when we're tracking in our head. So when it's on paper, we don't have to keep it in our head. Our mental energy can go to the really important things in life. And then we can say, okay, let me look at all the days where I had that late night food craving that was beyond overwhelming. What do all those days have in common? Did somebody Mm -hmm. blow up at me at work? Did I get some bad news? Did I not eat enough all day? And then it was nighttime and I was ravenous, right? It allows us to see the patterns. And then Mm -hmm. we want to start to measure our progress every single day, right? I call them our daily wellness barometers. How's my sleep? How's my energy? How's my stress? And how's my confidence? And we can do those on a scale of like one to five, right? And focusing on how we're 
feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, all the pieces, but it's really not about the scale or the weight or the food, right? It's really about who we are, how we're able to show up, how we're able to dedicate all the amazing capacity that we have to the things that really matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's taking up all of this energetic space internally that we're contemplating and and like rethinking and, and judging ourselves about all the time. And and when we get it out on paper, if we're just willing to make like allow ourselves to write it down, it mm-hmm. we create distance from it. Right. And so now it's not inside of us. It's 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 a thing that's out there that I can look at. That's not who I am. These are just patterns or this is just a story that I need this thing in order to be happy or to feel good or whatever it is. And you're so right. And we see this in lots of other areas, um, including clearly in our, our nutrition, that the power of getting something out Mm -hmm. of your head and onto a piece of paper and that energetic exchange frees up the space for you as you said to to focus on the things that really do move the needle and do really make a difference because that I feel like when we don't practice that those things because that is a practice a learning how to engage in something like that that's an exercise that a lot of us we think about doing but rarely do but when we can just allow ourselves to be like fall in love with the process, do it. You're going to see those, um, the patterns you're going to start to see Mm -hmm. the, have the aha moments of, Oh, that was the common denominator. That was the through line here. And that creates that momentum. And I think it's when we don't do that and we're caught up in our head that we get caught in also the trap (laughs) of comparison. And I know this is something that you talk a lot about. So I'd love for you to speak to that, especially when it, when it comes to, I mean, any area of your life, but I know this for sure happens for so many of us when it comes to. Yeah. So, and it's so interesting, right? Like we can be in such a good place, you know, feeling awesome. And then we're scrolling through TikTok or Instagram just to like have a break in the day. And then all of a sudden we feel really gross. And we're not really sure why, right? But something we saw is pushing a button. And a lot of times it can be that what's happening is we're comparing ourselves to the people that we're seeing. And in that comparison, we make a million assumptions, right? Like, oh, this person's thin. They must be healthy. Well, no, not really, Right. We talk, I talk a lot about, you know, body fat percentage and muscle mass Mm -hmm. versus weight. You know, P.S. Your weight includes water and organs and all these bones, right? All these other things that we never think about. And, Mm -hmm. you know, or we see what they're doing and we think, oh, that's what I need to do. But there's 8 million things that could be. Are their goals the same as yours? Is their life the same as yours? Is their stress the same? Like we make a whole lot of assumptions about what we see. And especially then, you know, as an entrepreneur and somebody who is building their business on the side, like there were people constantly around me moving faster and doing more. And it's so easy to then be like, I'm failing at this. 
whatever the this is, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because we see what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. And then we just have to, you know, again, it's a practice in that reflection to say, okay, well, what else could be at play here? You know, well, I'm working 12 plus hours on call 24 seven for someone else. I'm also looking Mm -hmm. at trying to have a relationship. So that takes away from certain things. Or, you know, instead of looking at our situation as ours and theirs as theirs, we try to make them the same and they're not. And P.S. The magic is in the fact that they're not. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like you know, my life as a single entrepreneur is not the same as my client who is a mom of four or, you know, right. Vice versa. I mean, whatever scenario, there's a million out there, but you're so right. It's the story that we create and we assume that they, that we have this equal kind of playing field and have the same stress and all the same, you know, situations. And, we assume we should be where they are having it look yeah. like they are, have the results that they have. And it yeah. keeps us in this I, loop of judgment, self-judgment. Absolutely. And, and there's also comparison on the other side, right? We might look at someone else and then feel really good about ourselves. And it's like, there's a lot of judgment in that mm-hmm. too. You know, like I remember mm-hmm. vividly this moment, I, Again, I was working full time. I had left the office to go pick up lunch. And I saw this woman who is very clearly obese eating ice cream. And I noticed the people noticing her. And I've chills as I'm saying this. What went through my head was you don't know if this is the one time she has had ice cream in 10 years. Like we make this assumption that she must be eating ice cream all the time. You don't know. The same way you don't know what's helping somebody get to where they are, we don't know what's keeping someone where they are either. And so it's judgment on both sides that I think is really important for us to pay attention to. And I'm big on like having tangible things to do. Like I never want to, <laughs> you know, create an awareness without a tool. Um And so one of the things in this, I know you know about through the spiritual journey, and that's really where I learned it, was also like taking a hot second, and it doesn't even have to be journaling on paper, but just taking a second to be like, wow, that is really pushing my buttons. So what is it about that thing that is irritating to me or frustrating are they showing me something that I want to be doing? Are they showing me something that frustrates me about myself? But instead of, you know, instead of using it to feel better or worse about ourselves, we can use it to learn more and to choose where our next step is and where we still have work to do. Yeah. I say all the time yep. that those triggers are our roadmap to our healing, that they're just shedding a light on something within us that's being activated. And all the time I was actually just writing a post this morning. And um, those of us that are on the, that have committed to doing inner work, um, we know that our triggers are never right. about anyone else. 
it's, you know, and that might be the first time somebody is listening is hearing that, but like your triggers are never about the other person. It's never about the woman eating ice cream. It's about something in you that's activated that is either reflecting something within you that you want to change and don't like, or, or something in you that you likely, if it's not, uh, if it's something that you like about yourself, it's likely not going to be triggering, right? Because it's, it's pressing on a painful aspect of, of your past that's saying, Hey, this has not yet been fully healed. Otherwise it wouldn't be affecting you in that way. You would be neutral about it. You would see the woman and it wouldn't affect you. And uh, so it's the judgment we have of ourselves and then we project that. Right. Other and so in that example, right, lot. it could be, are you never allowing yourselves those things? And you were sort of jealous of that moment, right? Or is mm-hmm. it that mm-hmm. you are uncomfortable with the moments when you didn't, when you indulge, right? And so we're projecting it on that other person mm-hmm. or in the business space, right? Is this person showing something on social media? Is it that, you know, they're, I'm trying to think what people like post that, you know, like a lot of, oh, I just saw somebody recently who's like, you know, I used to make this much a month and now I make, you know, twice that in a day and want to know how and did it. And it's like, we can then start to get jealous, but like, does that vibe resonate with you? Because that vibe is probably how they got Mm -hmm. to that. So if that's not resonating, (laughs) right, it doesn't really matter. Or is it that you sort of wish you were sharing with people what's going on with you? You know, or are you keeping it all hidden Mm -hmm. and maybe there's something to share there and they're pointing that out. So like, think through a whole slew of different possibilities and then see what mm-hmm. sort of going back to this, see what feels right, <laughs> you know, which one feels like it resonates and then go from there because maybe all it is yeah, is that you're going to write a different post. You know, it doesn't mean that you have to go shift everything you're doing to try to be that person to have that success when that's not really what success is for you. Exactly. And I think the through line for everything that we're talking about here is just bringing consciousness to our our lives, bringing in that aspect of self-reflection, the ability to like just see how is this affecting me? Like, where is this coming from within me? Or where's this hunger pain or like this craving or whatever it is? Like, is it really that I'm hungry yeah. or is it that I'm bored? You know, and just being willing to stay in that pause long enough to get curious about it and be interested in it instead of just making the assumption that the first thing you think and just mm-hmm. believing everything you think. Um, uh, one of my mentors, she says, you know, right. don't believe everything that you think. We think a lot of stupid stuff and it's not helpful. And so whether it's the comparisons, the judgment, um, you know, just the first inclination, our brain is funny, you know, that it will trick us into right. thinking we want certain things. Like I, sometimes I get up in the morning and I'm like, I would love, uh, like <laughs> sugary iced coffee and like a donut. And that would be exactly what I need right now. And then you go and I get it mm-hmm. and I feel like crap. 
you know, and I, and so I've had to start to implement this system within my own life over the past few years of asking myself, is the choice I'm about to make going to make me more of who I want to be or less, or am I going to wish I hadn't done that after? Because the brain will trick you into thinking that immediate gratification, that, that dopamine hit, that like, like all the good chemicals in the brain, but then the aftermath is like, right. "Mm," Then you have the crash or then it doesn't feel good after a long time but is the hard choice sometimes the choice of saying no to something in the moment but it it's gonna help me get right become and, more of who I want to be and it reminds me too long-term. as you're saying all of this you know the subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between truisms and falsehoods the subconscious mind mm-hmm. is to make everything you think correct yeah. so it becomes really important what we say over and over to ourselves and how we respond to those thoughts because we either reinforce or start to create a different neuropathway, you know, and whether it's the food stuff, I mean, tangible tool, you know, if you have this craving and the only thing that sounds good, well, first of all, I always say, ask yourself, like, does broccoli sound good? Would I eat chicken or would I eat rice and beans? Like Mm -hmm. if the only thing that sounds good is the sugary thing or one particular thing, like that's the only thing that's going to do it. Odds are we're not actually hungry. And so the question is, well, where am I not being fed? Mm. What part of me is looking Mm. to be fed? And then how can we actually address that? This is fundamental self-care on the most basic level. I mean, and really it's this, it can even go like hand in hand with what Mm -hmm. one of the things I teach, which is inner child work, because there might be this inner child that's like, I want this thing. But to your point, you might not really be hungry. It might be something else. That right. Or like the petulant child on. who doesn't <laughs> want to like follow attention. the rules. Right. In air quotes. So it's like, OK, well, how can you make this mm-hmm. your choice? Like you could actually eat anything under the sun and your body is going to use in whatever way it can, whatever you give it. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. I heard it. I was watching a TikTok the other day and I hope I don't butcher this, but there's a teacher who, um, she's an elementary school teacher. She was telling a story about a kid that used to be in her class and she'd run into him and he's now in like high school or something. And he reminded her, he said, why haven't you told the story of the word on TikTok? And she was like, the word, Mm -mm. what do you mean? Have you, I don't know if you've seen this, but she, um, Basically, when he was in like fourth or fifth grade, he would come to school and he would just cuss up a storm. He was just every word in the book. And he um, she said to him, she said, you know, uh, do you speak this way at home? And he said, yeah, you know, my mom doesn't care. And um, she said, OK, well, you can speak that way in my class, too. I don't care. She said, the only rule is you can't say it to somebody. She, she was like, you can say whatever you want, whatever word that's allowed, but mm-hmm. you can't say 
that at somebody. So if you're mad about a math problem, say F. Right. But don't say F you. Right. So that's the only rule. And if you're old enough to say the word, you're old enough to use it correctly and to use it in a way that, you know, is is not harmful. And so that little teaching for her, she was like his use of the language went down so much because he was wasn't being punished Mm -hmm. or he was like looking for a response from somebody. And because he didn't get the response it no longer was fun to act out and to say the words. And so to to your exact point, it's like sometimes we're just looking for the response from somebody else. Maybe it's yeah, the, the kid in us that was like. We right. didn't get the treats or we didn't get the playtime or we didn't get the snack. And so now as adults, we're like, oh, I'm going to indulge in everything because I was with that was withheld from me yeah. as a child. And it doesn't have to be loaded, right? Like we can have these observations and be like, oh, that's funny. Thanks. You know, <laughs> and, and keep mm-hmm. going and just see what happens and let it be an experiment. Every piece of this business, professional, whatever it is let it all be an experiment and it's we're going to figure it out you're going to yeah. be just fine yeah i love that so what is um what is it that you recommend for people who are interested in knowing more about your work what's the best way for them to continue to to get to know you and know about your programs and how yeah, they might so be able to, to work my podcast is called salad with a side of fries so Exactly what we're talking about here. It's biopsychosocial health and wellness. Um, so salad with a side of fries, wherever you like to listen. On Instagram, or really all social media, I'm at Jen Trepic, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. And my website is a salad with a side of fries.com. So please reach out, like, tell me what resonated with you. If you totally agree with something or disagree with something I said, like, tell me that too. I love nothing more than hearing from you and, um, <laughs> you know, what's, what's sticking with you. Yeah, absolutely. You guys, I love your, your ability to take science and bring in the the relatability and the fun and just, it is, it's that balance, which your girl is like, I mean, for aren't we all please like, like, like I have to have a little bit of everything <laughs> that's called balance. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I love it. Well, you've been such a pleasure to speak with. Thank you for spending time with us and sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Um, you guys, you know what to do. If this helped you, if this was beneficial, do yourself a favor and reach out to Jen, tag us. We want to know how this episode spoke to you, what you took away from it and, and share it with a friend, share it with somebody who, you know, who maybe has been struggling with fad diets or whoever in your life you just think would, would benefit. This helps to get the message out to more people and continues to help the podcast grow. And Last but not least, if you would do me a huge favor and you continue to come back to the show week after week, please leave a rating and review. This is the best thing you can do. And I'm always from the bottom of my heart. So appreciative when you guys do. I love you. Thank you. And until next time, see you on the coachable podcast. 
You guys, if you love this show, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you feel called, leave a review. I would love to hear how the show is impacting you. But not only that, be a hero to somebody and share it with somebody in your life that needs to hear it.